your one stop for exclusive interviews. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback commit Cooper Wilcox. Cooper, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, really, the culture that the coaches show as soon as you walk in the doors, they make you feel like your family. They make it feel like a, a healthy environment to come and play football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma senior H-back Dante McGee. Dante, thank you for taking time this morning to talk to me. This is honestly a once-a-lifetime thing, you know. Usually you get your five years and you're done, but you know, you get an extra year of play. I was like, you know what, I, I want to come back. I want to spend another year with these guys. Game press conferences. I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG Smooth. You're listening to The Cho Show, only on the Suave Report. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Choso Podcast presented by TheSwathReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goto, a.k.a. J.J. Smooth. I hope you had a very good Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Whatever, however you choose to celebrate, I, I, I hope it went, it went safely, it went, it went, it went well able to spend time with family and uh I, I was able to do so and i'm very appreciative of it i'm also very appreciative of all of you at this past year took time to to watch a video and 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 listen to a podcast and if you you know ever met me all that good stuff i really do appreciate it i'm going to try to make 2023 an even better year for the show show moving forward but we we are back uh so it should be should have two episodes dropping this week. There is this one, and then there is another one uh, over early signing day. I'm going to. I'm. This is a very. It's gonna be. I'm gonna see how this works because I didn't like how it came out last year, per se. So I'm trying to see how this works. So any feedback on that when those episodes drop, both on here and the YouTube channel, the link is in the description. Uh, would 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 be much appreciated for when regular signing day happens next month. But uh, speaking of early signing day, actually today's guest, uh, similar to the past three guests that we've had on there, Danny Armstead, Carson Trimble, and Mason Willingham, is one of the early signees in a, in a very, very, very impressive early signing class for uh, head coach Alan Burrow and, and, his, and his staff. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring him on now. I'm joined by new University of Central Oklahoma wide receiver Malachi Gatewood. Malachi, thank you for taking time to talk to me this afternoon. Uh, could you start the viewers and listeners by telling them a little bit about yourself? I appreciate you for having me on. Um, I'm originally born in Oklahoma, in Norman, Oklahoma, and I'm going back and forth between Texas and Oklahoma, moving back and forth. Um I originally graduated from Norman North, where I went to high school between my sophomore and senior year. Um, I was a part of the 2020 class graduating, so COVID affected me a little bit, but I committed to NEO, Northeastern Oklahoma A&M, by um, Missouri Junior College, and um, had an injury my freshman year, so COVID kind of helped me, and then redshirted my uh, sophomore year and played my junior year just as last and it gave me the opportunity to end up at UCO. Uh, now you mentioned you bounced back and forth between Oklahoma and Texas. Now obviously with, with, the football in Texas is a very serious deal. It, it's 
It's exactly. quality, high-grade football. So having played in both Oklahoma and Texas, is the is the gap as big as some think in terms of the level of talent and competition between the two states? I would say the the biggest difference that I noticed was the difference between the lower classes, because obviously here in Oklahoma and your bigger classes in the five A's, the six A's, you have a lot of great teams like the Big Speeds, the Stillwaters and all those teams that can compete with. I feel like a lot of the Texas teams, but in Texas, the smaller divisions, there's so many schools, so many kids that they just prosper. And I would say uh, also there's a little bit of a speed difference. In, in in terms of of the Texas being being faster than Oklahoma, yes, I would say I would say Texas is a bit faster because um, a lot of their programs are so football based that the schools own in on it and um, it allows them to run their program kind of like a D one program. So the kids in there are really fast paced and knowing what they're doing and knowing their assignment. And and just just from a, a a practical standpoint, going back and forth between not only schools but states, like what what was that experience like? As I mentioned, it kind of had to be tough moving around as much as you did. Yes, sir. Definitely, it was it was tough on me growing up, but it also taught me a whole lot and allowed me to get used to meeting new people and adapting. Um, whenever you are moving schools back and forth, it doesn't matter how great of a player you are, you don't come in and earn anything. So it also taught me to be able to. Um, Go into a place and fight for fight for a spot. Uh, now you you attended no uh, North here. You attended a high school in Texas. Now, like going back and forth, so like how just from a football standpoint of of getting the playbook down, are uh, your receivers so getting chemistry with your receiver? I mean, I mean with your with your quarterbacks. So like how how hard of an adjustment was that to literally be going back and forth almost every every season of your high school career? <laughs> It's pretty difficult, but um, it, it teaches you it teaches you a valuable lesson. It teaches you that you just have to go in and take the best and 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 do what you can with your opportunity and make the best of your situation. Um, overall, I wouldn't change it at all because it allowed me to see not only one state of football. It allowed me to see how multiple states can uh, operate, and it also allowed me to get more exposure out there with connections of having people and um, getting the opportunity to play against a lot of people. Uh, and Norman North is, is one of the premier programs in the in more Norman OKC area. Uh, so like, what, what, what is it? What was it like playing football at a school like Norman? North? Well, that's a great question. Honestly, coming into Norman North, um, my first go around, it was honestly, it was, it was kind of like a movie. I came into um a great football team that I just went to state um, my freshman year, that previous year. And um, whenever I came in, we had Bob Stoops, two twin sons. We had multiple D1 players. So the the level of play was definitely up there. And it, uh, it allowed me to know that there was a certain type of expectation in Norman to play to. And um, it gave me something to look forward to, knowing that whenever it was my time, that I would have a big stage to shine on. Now, as someone who lives in Moore, I know how big the Moore War is between Moore, Westmore, Southmore. But how big is that Norman, Norman North rivalry? That Norman, Norman High uh, crosstown clash is something else. Now, I played, we would play in the OU Stadium, so we would pack that out. And um, 
with us just having the two schools and more, I know it gets real rowdy, but with us just having the two schools, it, it's it's pretty fun because everybody goes back and forth and you pretty much have the whole town of Norman there. Uh, and now you, I guess, let me see here. So, okay, now after having multiple, playing with multiple quarterbacks throughout your, throughout your career, I guess, how has that maybe helped you in terms of being able to adjust to maybe different play styles, uh, you know, where, how they like a certain route run, how has that helped you throughout your career so far? Uh, it's helped me with, uh, able to be very, very open with what, um, multiple guys like, you know, everybody, some guy may like something to be ran this way. Another may like it to be ran this way. So it allows me to be transparent with guys and, uh, it's taught me a whole lot of communication because going in, whenever you have a, a quarterback that, you know, may not be looking at certain things that you have to communicate with them so that you get on the same page. And when I was watching your, your senior, t- they, they used you in a variety of ways. I saw you return kicks. I saw you on some sweeps. Uh, I saw you on some little quick screens. I saw you go down the field. What, what, like what, in uh, in that situation, when you're used so often, I guess like, how do you kind of excel in that in that role when there's so many components that go to your role? Um, the way that I looked at it, it was almost how can I not excel whenever I'm given so many opportunities. I like to try to take the best of every opportunity given to me and, and create the best out of it. So. With that, that was more so I wanted that load on my shoulders and I, I felt very comfortable with it because with me being to be able so to be so versatile and line up on the outside or line up in the slot or take a jet sweep or do some special plays, it allowed me to not just be restricted to one area of game. Like um, it, it just taught me it elevated my football knowledge as well, because being in a slot, you have to learn about all types of stuff. You have to learn about all the motions. You have to learn about, um, you know, rules about who can be on and off. So it allowed me to kind of be a field general in the sense to help other guys as well. Uh, and, and you know, I, I think that the, you know, the slot receivers, outside receivers, it gets tossed around a lot. And I think some people think it's just inter, inter, interchangeable, but there's a lot of intricacies that goes into it. So like, how how long did it take you to get comfortable in that in that slot role? Um, you know, it doesn't happen for a lot of guys, but honestly, I was very comfortable in the slot role. I'd say probably about after a week, I was I was just held at um then it was the L receiver that we were calling it. And um we had kind of had a meeting between me and the coaches and we discussed that we think I could get more um, opportunities with me being in the slot, being able to distract defenses with my speed moving back and forth and not restricting me to one side of the field. And um, I picked up on it very quick and I ended up loving it. Uh, it. It taught me definitely elevated my blocking, having to change up and go in there and block the the linebackers and safeties. So that's helped me a whole lot playing outside now again, dealing with cornerbacks, but uh, it just elevated my game. And now that you're back being outside now, like, so what now, I guess, so, so to those that might think it's interchangeable, what, what would be maybe the biggest differences between a slot playing slot and playing on the outside? I would say the biggest difference would be playbook wise for slot Um, on the outside. You kind of get to 
just block a whole lot of things out and then just key in on what you're tagged in on. But whenever you're in the slot, you know, there's a there's a whole lot more tags that you can be added to. So it it opens up the playbook a whole lot. And then I would also say um, conditioning, you know, as receiver, we already run a whole lot. But whenever you're in that slot and you're constantly moving, not going back to your designated space and distracting defenses by uh, motioning, taking sweeps and doing all that type of stuff, it really makes a big difference there. And you, you mentioned you mentioned blocking. I, I will say when I was watching your high school, t- I, I was impressed by the, the 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 willingness and the execution from a blocking standpoint. That's something that I know a lot of receivers don't really like to do. They might just stand there, kind of get in the way. Uh, but you were kind of stonewalling guys. I, I know that's a big focal point of your new receivers coach, James Curley. His receivers have to block. So from from that from that standpoint, like is, is that something that it's just, okay, I know I have to do it, so let me be good at it. Or do you kind of in, enjoy blocking and springing other guys for, for possible big games? For me, the the blocking will be an evolution in my game um, that that is kind of newer. In high school, I would say the blocking was more so because I knew I had to. And um, whenever I did it, I wanted to go out there and be great because I'm not going to go out there and do anything halfway. But after my injury, whenever you have a, a – injury that kind of keeps you away from what you love. Once I got back to it, it didn't matter what they asked me to do. I was going to do it a thousand percent on the field. And I, I just love it now. Uh, and you mentioned it, you, you graduated in 2020. So that was the COVID year. So what, what was that experience like playing through that season? Um, that, that experience, it was just kind of very weird. Um, you know, a whole lot of guys went through a, bunch of different things throughout that time for me it was it was just kind of a blur of confusion really um not really knowing if we were going to play not really knowing how long we were going to be able to um you know dealing with life things and ultimately at that time you know COVID was kind of good for me because it ended up increasing my eligibility or extending my eligibility so I can't complain about it too much but that time it was just a very Blurry time. Uh, and when you look back on your multiple state, multiple school, high school career, I guess what what kind of stands out to you the most or do you take away the most from that experience? I would say what I take away from it most would be the the mental toughness I learned going throughout it. Because, you know, number one thing in football is mental toughness. If your mind's not right, then you you can't get anything right. But between changing schools and changing coaching staffs and bouncing back and forth, it just really taught me to be resilient and be able to put my head down and, um, you know, not complain and go grind. Uh, and so you, 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 you signed with NEO uh, after your time at Norman North. So how did you end up deciding that, that NEO is where you wanted to start your, your college career? Um. I went out kind of in my recruitment, not really knowing exactly what I was looking for, just um, taking my visits. And upon my visits in 2020 between the schools that I visited, I kind of just got a sense of home feeling at NEO at the time. And, um, you know, it I really didn't make the decision. My heart just kind of made it for me. And it's a little similar to kind of what I felt with UCO. Now, uh, I've talked to several guys. I'm curious to see, uh, because obviously the last chance you saw, 
kind of made the Juco experience more known. Uh, yep. But to 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 you, what was your Juco experience like? Um, I would say my Juco experience was great. I wanted I wanted to go back and change it at all. I'm glad that I went to Juco because it honestly taught me how to be a man. It, it, it turned me into a man. And then you also get to see a whole lot of different sides of the world and experience real, real grit and what it really looks like at the bottom. Because, you know, at Juco's, it's not really the easiest. And you see guys walk away from it every single day. So it really just closing my bond with the game, making me realize that this is what I really want. And um, my Juco experience overall was great. You know, I made it out, which I'm proud of. And uh, I can't say anything bad about it. Now, you, you, you mentioned that it, it made you a man. Like, how, how was Juco able to do that for you? Juco was able to do that for me by, um, you know, as much as we do love the game of football, the game of football, once you get to college and beyond, really is a, is a business. You know, if you, if you produce, you'll be on the field. But if not, then, you know, it's kind of what it is and you got to go get it. So it elevated me in that point to where um, it really just taught me that, you know, there's a million guys out here that are great. And there's a million guys out here that want your spot. So it just, it elevated that. Uh, now, when you now your 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 first year, I know I know it was the also the during COVID as well. Um, so like what now? What was that? Because here you're trying to adjust to not only a new level of football, but you're, you're at, you know trying to move to college now. You're on your own. How was that? How was that experience? That experience is honestly, that was that was one of the most difficult points in my life. I went through many ups and downs. I had, had um, been blessed with never really having an injury. Got to college and my first, I want to say my first month up there, I ruptured a PCL, um, had the damage to an ACL and hadn't known. So whenever I had just got to college, I was kind of in a freshman, I got to prove myself mindset. And I just put my head down and worked through that and then ended up finding I had an injury. And with COVID happening at that time, we were kind of doing online school. So I went away for injury. So that first year was just kind of really a, a build back year for me and a therapy year for me. Okay. Now you mentioned, now, so you had a PCL and A, so you didn't, you didn't, you didn't know it was hurt. So like that. So like it, there, there, there was there was no no pain. I, mean, I, just, I, just, I just feel like there's gonna be some pain though, man. I mean, yeah. I, honestly, I mean, honestly, we were running routes and I came down on it weird. It felt like I had a Charlie horse, and um, you know, we were told that we were gonna start running two days later. And I, in my head, I've always I'm one of those guys. You know, I I don't want to say if I'm hurt or anything like that. So I just go out there and I put my head down. And after a while, I went to the trainers and they were telling me maybe my hamstrings were just tight. So uh, I just kind of rolled with that once I kind of got a clear from them. So I was running, lifting, doing all that between September all the way until January, whenever I got surgery and found out. So, so the pain didn't get, didn't get that unbearable in, until around January. Honestly, the, the, the pain I didn't have any pain lifting or anything like that. I had uncomfortableness whenever running, but it wasn't excruciating pain. That was the thing that kind of had thrown it off for me. So, so when you found out exactly what your injury was, like what, 
mentally was that was that something that is like uh, it's a it's a bad injury. It's going to obviously be a recovery time. I know guys have come back from that and worse, uh, and and still had great careers. Or was it kind of like, you know, here I am trying to stop myself at a junior college. I know if I don't get on the field, I'm not going to get to that next step, and this is going to set me back. So, like, what was your mindset like after you learned of the severity of your of your injury? I would say initially it was just shock because during the COVID time, you you couldn't have anybody come into uh, the doctors with you and stuff. So whenever I was initially told I'm an 18-year-old kid, just got to junior college and just got broken this news. So it honestly, had, it, it kind of didn't get to me for a while and uh, it took a while to absorb in. But once, once it absorbed, there wasn't any doubt that I was not going to play football again. I knew that I was going to bounce back and come back stronger. And, and what was that? What was that rehab process like? The rehab process looks like um, initial rest with a straight leg brace, and then after a couple months, you go into three to four days of physical therapy, starting just from little things, being able to step on steps and balancing with balls and being able to uh, do lunges and just it's a real you don't realize how um, how detailed it is and how how you have to really pay attention to the small things and, and make sure that you're taking care of your body until it happens. But ultimately, that was about a nine to 12 month recovery of just physical therapy. And and at that point, at any at any point during that time, was there ever a, a doubt of like, is is this worth it, or or were you just say, you know, this is what I got to do, what I got to do to get back on the football field? I would. It, it was never a, a question of is it worth it. Um, I knew that you know ultimately it get done. Obviously, going through something like that, I have my highs and lows. I have my low days of of not feeling the greatest about it. Of um, kind of wondering a little bit to myself, would I be the same? But football has been my life since I was four years old. So I knew that this is what I want to do for as long as I can. So I was going to do anything that I could to get back to it. And, and so when you finally got back, you were healthy, you finished the rehab, you got back on the field. That first game, what was what was going through your, through your mind? What was your uh, emotions like? My emotions were, my emotions were very high. My emotions were, I had uncertainty. Um, you know, I had, I had definitely had jitters, you know, kind of wondering after not playing for that, that long. Um, I think before this season, it was November 10th of 2019, but, you know, I kind of went out there and as soon as I got out there and i realized that I was okay and this was just like another day, you know, it I completely calmed down and, and felt at home again. And and how how long do you say it took you before you finally felt like you were back to where you were pre-injury? I would say I would say week four. Just that was more so within my own self battling my own confidence, you know, you as you can go through something like that and have your head as high as you want to. But initially, whenever it's time to test it out again, you're going to you're going to be wondering a little bit if it is going to perform the same. But around week four of the season for me, I felt 
comfortable and felt like I was um, back where I was again. That, now, what I find interesting, because when I watched your Juco tape, it, it wasn't, I want to say it was like a stark contrast to the high school tape, but you were making a lot more contested catches. I uh, saw so you go across the middle, uh, take some big licks. I respect anybody that's willing to go across, across the middle on a football field because that's just a very, very dangerous place to be. <laughs> Man, yeah. so, like, so, so like, and I noticed that the, the, the blocking was also improved. Did you? Was was there just like how how were you able to kind of go from maybe like a jack of all trades to kind of uh, a contested catch, tough catch expert? I would say I would say that's more so the 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 junior college. Just um, knowing that my opportunities would be limited in um, my triple option offense, I knew that I had to take um, you know take the best of every opportunity given to me. I couldn't waste anything, so I actually. I had no drops on the season and all those big plays on there were pretty much all about all I was given actually. But, um, you know, blocking wise, I would say it was more so just the maturity going from an 18 to a 21 year old, um, just having a different type of confidence in me that, you know, I'm more developed uh, than most of the players out there and going out there and being able to play with the edge because of that. Okay, now, so you you mentioned you played a triple option offense. Now, so, because there, there's been a lot made of receivers that play in a triple option offense. You're not running rounds. You're running two or three. Do you feel like you still ran a good amount of rounds in triple option offense? Like, can we dispel this myth? <laughs> I feel, I definitely feel like we ran, um, you know, def, I, I, I ran a good amount of routes. I will never say that I ran, you know, too many routes as a receiver. But, um, you know, a lot of guys think whenever they hear triple option, they think just run, run, run. You know, triple option actually goes pretty deep. I'd say we probably had 120 plus passing concepts just in our offense between the um, 21 and 30 sets with uh, two backs and a tight end or three backs in at a time with just two receivers. Um, We had a whole lot of concepts. It's not just, you know, run, run, run. But, you know, a lot of guys in triple option offenses, those receivers are also better blockers. Uh, and and knowing that your opportunities was limited, was that how much pressure did you put on yourself to 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 like when that num when your number is called, like I, I have to execute at a high level? It was it was probably the most pressure I put on myself in a very long time, if not my whole life, because knowing that. What I want to do, I need to make the best of my opportunities. But to me, the pressure is what ended up making me be able to make the plays and stuff like that. The pressure is what ended up pushing me outside of just the game. It made the pressure is what made me go hard in practice or what made me prepare the way that I did. Uh, and so when you look back, I, I know you said Juco, it made you a man. But like when you look back on your time at NEO, what what? What do you take away the most from that from that experience? I think honestly, I'll take away the the mindset that I went through without it. Um, I'll take away definitely that you know I and besides that, I would take away my relationships. You know, my relationships I made in Juco are gonna last me forever. I got a whole lot of brothers. Actually, one that's coming over with me and Trayvon. Um, you know. Those two things right there would probably be the biggest things I'll take away from JUCO. 
And now, so after the season ended, obviously you was you were you were getting recruited. So what what was that recruiting process like for you? And then how did you decide that UCO is where you want to continue your football career? Um, the recruiting process, you know, it was great for me. It was it was confirmation for myself that you know all the work that I put in to get back to this point was worth it. It was confirmation that um, I I am still what I thought I was before. And, um, you know, ultimately what ended up making me choose UCO was the feeling that I got the hospitality from all the coaches. And, um, they really made me feel like it was at home, especially coach Curley. He, uh, his football knowledge is very excellent. And then I see a, I see a culture being created at UCO and something that's going to be great moving forward. And I just wanted to be a part of that. Uh, now, because uh, Coach Curley is he's someone I, I, I talk to. I, I'm I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, now, I because I, I know you're used to blocking. Uh, I talked to Coach Curley. He said if you don't block, you're not going to play. So now, <laughs> so now knowing that and knowing you came from the offense, where you did a lot of blocking. Now, are you still prepared to be blocking the vast majority of the time? I'm prepared to play football. So whether that's asking me to go block for a guy that's running for 300 yards a game or whether that's asking me to go out there and run around, I'm excited to go do that. So, you know, for me, really, it's not I'm not a diva. You know, I I just want to go out there and play football, really. So, you know, with me having that opportunity, I'm satisfied. And you're 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 joining a really good receiving core. Uh, there's Jacob Jacob Delso, one of the better receivers in the conference. Uh, Madison Ridgeway was kind of in your shoes this time last year as a fellow JUCO transfer. Uh, D- Danny Armstead's coming in as a as a as a transfer from from UCA. I just uh, knowing knowing all the talent that's already in that room. Uh, like, how do you plan to kind of carve out your role within that unit? I plan on just coming in and, and increasing the competition level because I'm going to come in and that's a guarantee with me that I'll come in and I'm going to work. You know, um, I love to see my guys eat and I want to see the best for them as well. But, you know, ultimately competition, I'm, I don't shy from it. And I believe that it brings out the best in everybody. So whenever I see a wide receiver room like that with a lot of great names in there and great players, it excites me because it allows me to know that um, we're going to bring out the best in each other. And each day, I know that I have to bring my best because I know the guy next to me is going to as well. I, I guess my final football-related question, uh, what can UCO fans expect to see out of Malachi Gatewood in a UCO uniform? UCO fans can expect to see a guy that comes in and, and works um, every day, and I'm going to elevate the competition, and I'm going to bring everything that I got to, to the field, most definitely. Uh, well, but we'll be, 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 before we get you out of here, we do this with, with all the new guests, kind of some more get to know you type of questions. So your 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 favorite sports team can be any any sport. I would say I'm kind of weird. Football wise, I don't have a favorite favorite NFL team. But if I say a favorite team, I have to go with Oklahoma Sooners, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, so I'm assuming that you watched the game last night. That is- <laughs> <laughs> I did. Sadly, sadly, I did. <laughs> okay, 
appreciate that, but you gotta be you gotta be pleased though by the effort. You know, I mean I, I am. I am, but you know, after being a OU fan for most of my life, and uh it hurts a little bit to watch those ones. <laughs> now, okay, so I'm not mentioned that you don't have a favorite NFL team. Now, do you have a favorite receiver though? Yes, I, I actually have a, a couple. Honestly, you know, last year it was Devontae Adams, honestly. But, you know, with guys like uh, Jamar Jefferson and um, them coming up, I I would say my top three would be Tyreek, Devontae Adams, and then I would say Justin Jefferson right now. Okay. Uh, let's see. Your, your favorite hobby outside of football? Favorite hobby outside of football? Let me think. Um, you know, I'm a homebody. I'm a guy that stays in. I would say hanging out with my dogs. Okay. And what that, what, what what kind of dogs do you have? American bullies. Oh, okay. okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay, you have a a favorite TV show? No, I'm not a big TV guy. Okay. Now, are, do you play video games? No, not. A, not I'm honest. I'm a. I'm a. I'm more of a. What I would say, a real lifer. I kind of okay. gave up the games and the the TV a while ago, but you'll catch me watching football games. Okay. Okay. Now, now, when you did game though, now were, were we uh were we Xbox or were we PlayStation? Oh, we're PlayStation all the way. Okay, see now, see now. I just want you to know because I, because the man's gonna be your coach. I just have you know, Coach Curly and Coach, uh, Coach Curly, Coach Doral, and one of your punters, Bo Phelps, are so far the only three Xbox guys on the team. <laughs> now, I, just, <laughs> I just feel the need to tell you that. So, uh, just ever in case that that gets brought up and. They get, they get ragged on, you know, it's, it's just yeah. so. Okay. I, got, I got to remember that one and keep it in my back pocket. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Your your favorite favorite musical artist? Um, Favorite musical artist. We're going new school, old school. It could just in general. In general, I would say, um, let me think. I'm going to go old school with it. I'm just going to go Pac. Okay. Okay, now do you have favorite Tupac song? Dear Mama. Classic. Okay. 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 Now, because you, you did live some in Texas. Now, when you were in Texas, you ever you ever get into the you know local rap there, like the um like the Trader Truths, Zeros, Paul Walls. Did you, did you ever get into any of those guys? You know, there's a there's a couple guys I've gone on to as I'm older with the uh Look, guys like a little toozy and and stuff like that. But you know, I've had a couple friends that actually rap down there. You know, they're pretty good. Okay, okay. Um, now, okay, now, do, do you do you listen to Little Wayne at all? I do listen to Wayne. I okay. feel like that's a crime if you don't. Okay, now, now I have to ask now. Now, which which is better, old Little Wayne or new Little Wayne? Uh, I I gotta go, old Wayne. He, old Wayne. Whenever Wayne was at the top of the game, killing everybody, you gotta go there. Okay. Now I, I ask this every time because one of your new teammates, Jace Gardner, 
Uh, he came out here and he, he when I asked him that question because he's a, he's a Don Little Wayne fan. He tried to claim that new Little Wayne was better than the old Little Wayne. Uh, since that time, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah, been dragged through the mud on that. I just, I just want you to know, and, and, and also as a fair warning, the auxiliary cord I heard is not a place for the a week that they will literally <laughs> unplug your phone and, <laughs> and the vibe is not right. So I just. So I just suggest if you if you're brave enough to put something on the the on the ox, just make sure it's not gonna get yanked. Because yeah. uh I I've been talking to Noah Dobson, he he tried to put on a Justin Bieber song, which which didn't end too 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 well. Uh and then Jace like put on some R and B Drake during a workout one time <laughs> and got his phone yanked. <laughs> <laughs> just, just fair warning. They kind of savage on that. I step, I step right next time. They got a savage on that. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, your favorite food? Ooh, I'm a pretty basic guy. You know, I'm a burger guy. Okay, now, now there's a lot of burger places. Which is the go-to burger place? Go to burger place. I'd say the garage. Okay, I agree. They're very good. I I agree. There's very there's one like a mile from my house. It's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, let's see. Okay, do you have any pregame routines or rituals that you normally do? Um, I I like to go to the eleven yard line and pray. I had a a friend of mine that was I went to high school with that wore the number eleven. And uh, he had passed away in a car accident my um, senior year of high school. So I go to the 11-yard line and pray before my games. Now, I think, unless it's already been claimed by somebody, uh, date number 11 is free because Jason Harris has graduated. He wore that last year. So I don't know what strings you got to pull, <laughs> what, what kind of bribes you're going to have to get. But I, I think number 11 is free. So, uh if that's that's a number that you're interested in keeping on wearing, I I, I think it's there unless somebody's already claimed it. But um, okay, well, just lit my I'm lit my eyes up right there. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, because because Jason Harris Ward and Jason Harris graduated, so should be it should be free, like I said, unless somebody takes it. But you, you so I don't know. But, um, I almost have. Uh, okay, I guess my final question for you would be what. So coming into your first season on campus, what are your goals? Um, my goals are to adapt, adapt um, very quickly into what the uh, program is and what the expectations are at UCO between teammates and coaches. And um, secondly, take care of my grades. You know, it's a big thing for all us athletes, you know, to be eligible and make the best of that. Because, you know, education, education is just up there with um, with our sports. It's not just football. Well, well, Malachi, I appreciate you taking time this afternoon to come on and talk to me. I'm, I'm wishing you the best of luck this season. Hopefully you get your number 11. Hopefully if you brave the 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 the, the odds of being on the ox court, hopefully your phone doesn't get, get yanked. And when I, when, I, when I talk to people... And ask who's the worst on the on the ass court. I'm hoping your name was not on that on that list. Uh, just, I just, yeah. <laughs> just no, I, it's brutal. It's very <laughs> brutal. I just <laughs> I want you to know. 
Uh, so, but uh, I said, I, I'm wishing you the best, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you do this season in the UCO uniform. Uh, anytime you want to come back on, you're more than welcome to. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. I appreciate you for having me on, and I look forward to showing everybody at UCO what I have to offer. Oh, well, thank you, Malachi. I appreciate it. So, again, I want to thank Malachi for taking the time to come on and talk to me. Uh, I, I'm really looking looking forward to seeing what Malachi does in the use of uniform. I'm not going to hold you here. I, I, when I was watching the Juco film, I thought, boy, does this remind me a lot of the unfortunately now graduated Johnny Marzell the fourth. Uh, just the way that he's willing to go across the middle and make the tough catches there, absorb the big hit. Because uh, that that is a role Johnny excelled at. You know, I always said this, and I even said it to Johnny himself. He he might not be a volume catcher. He, he he might not make the highlight plays, but what Johnny what 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 Johnny brought to the table and earned the respect of 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 uh, call from the corner of the wide receivers coach James Curley. It, it was his willingness to do the little things right to go across the middle to to make that tough catch on a third and three to throw that block you know like johnny johnny did a lot of little things that can go overlooked when you've got guys like jacob delso madison ridgeway and oscar hammond right all you know all those staff and right all those playmakers what he does can kind of go underlooked and so i think that to me was is is a big loss, and so having a guy like Malachi that's willing to do it, uh, I get a similar vibe. I think they're of similar stature. I just, I really feel like, like this was a a great pickup here for Coach Curley uh, because I think every team needs that selfless receiver that's going to just do what whatever it takes to, 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 to help the team and I really feel like Malachi is is that is is that is that guy so I'm looking forward to uh seeing what he does I'm looking forward to be bringing you all the early signing day special uh again I just need some feedback on that uh if that's how you all like it like it compared to last year like this year is much more thought out last year was kind of spur at the moment because the whole channel and everything was spur at the moment. Uh, so th this is much more thought out. And so I'm curious to see how you all are liking that. So until that time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. JG Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.